I think that a lot of people do know some Aboriginal people that just don't realise it. You look at my mum, she's English, you look at my dad, he's Aboriginal, and look at me, I'm a bit in between. <laughs> I haven't got the flat nose anymore, I sometimes wish I did. You know, just because I'm Aboriginal doesn't mean I have a flag tattooed to my forehead. Like, most of them call me Auntie Lynn, and I'm happy to be their auntie, even though that I'm not. Because I am Aboriginal because of my DNA, not because of my lingo. I am Aboriginal because of my DNA, not because of my lingo. Meet the Mob, a podcast from 1233 ABC Newcastle with Jill Emerson. Subscribe at abc.net.au slash Newcastle. For Meet the Mob today, I've come out to Catherine Hill Bay to the historic pub here, but I'm actually with a pretty amazing part of the history of this pub. Long-time publican Dorothy Wotherspoon. 38 years of her life was spent here. First Aboriginal woman to uh, own a pub. Her hubby was the first Aboriginal man to own a licence for a pub in Australia. As I look up on the board here, there's old news clippings, Dorothy and Eddie Wotherspoon. Oh my goodness. So we're in the pub now in what was the old dining room, looking at a press clipping of Mel Gibson. Tell me, what do you know about that, Dorothy? That was when Mel was here making uh, his first movie, Summer City. There it is, Summer City. He was making that movie here in Catherine Hill Bay. Yes, his first movie. Did he come to the pub much? At night, yeah, when they finished filming. What was he like? Handsome young man. He certainly was, wasn't he? Was there a lot of people in the area then for the making of the film? Oh, yeah, yeah. They had their own film crew, cameras, everything, yes. Was it exciting times? Very exciting. Did you get to know Mel a little bit? Yes, a lot. <laughs> a lot, Mel. We used to sit at my tap while I pulled the beer. Drink, drink, drink. Mel was young. I was young. We were all young and silly those days. Must have been very exciting. Do you remember when the film actually was released, Summer City? Oh, I don't remember exactly when they finished, but they had the uh, releasing of it, the lyric in Newcastle. Was it a big night out? Yeah, it was a big night out. We had a, a big spread after, and Mel served... Pink champagne to me. I drank pink champagne, sipped pink champagne with Mel because he said I had to have it because I was always his barmaid. (laughs) That must have been such exciting times. As you said, you were all very young then. You're here running the pub and Mel Gibson comes to town. Was he well known even though he was young then? We knew his name by Mel Gibson but didn't know he was going to be a big superstar over in America these days. And how does it feel now to uh, come back to the pub after so many years and see that little bit of history in a frame up on the wall? A lot of memories. Sad. A lot of memories. Beautiful memories, though. As you come into this building, this must be just oozing with memories for you. Certainly is. 38 years of Was there much here when you came here, Dorothy, in the town of Catherine Hill Bay? Oh, when we first came here, yes, there was plenty. There was the truckies, there were all the miners, there was the surfers... It was a buzzing place, wasn't it? Yeah, because Capo was uh, full of miners. It was, a, it was a coal mine place. So it must have been great business to run a pub. <laughs> well, it was exciting, but it was, it was nervous for me because I was an Aboriginal woman and I used to be very scared of um, pulling a beer and all these whiteys, I used to call them, looking at me. <laughs> you really were scared? And I said... Teddy used to walk around and I'd say to him, you're just a show pony, you know? But he'd walk around mixing and I'd hear him singing. When he knew I was getting frustrated, I'd hear him singing, you can look but you better not touch. 
And I knew then that he's still watching me behind the bar. He sounds quite a character, your husband. Tell me about him. I don't know if he was a character. Sometimes I could throw him out the, in the beach myself. But no, I, I used to call him a show pony. Well, that was his place. Walk around, talk to people. I was behind the bar pulling. Oh, OK. There goes the buzzer. That's our lunch. We better have a lunch break, Dorothy. Nothing like a steak sandwich at a pub. Dorothy, as we walk through the pub, coming into the pub here, does it look very different from when you were here? Oh, a lot different. A lot different because it was old then, but now I had to remodel a lot of it. Are there still signs of the work that you did in this pub as we come back today? Oh, yes. Everything. Like what? Everything. Everything that's been done in here has been done by me. There's the front bar at the pub and there's all the outdoor eating area which you help build. As you come in, over here now there's a, a poker machine room. These are pretty classic. Was this here, when, this here when you were here, Dorothy? No, no, this was our bedroom. There was no such thing as a poker machines here then. Ah, that window over there is a window of our bedroom. You walk across here, there's more pokies, but on the other side is a bedroom. That's the bedroom room that was Eddie Wotherspoon's bedroom. Your son? My son, yes. So your and your hubby's room and then next door your son Eddie. You had two other boys. Where'd they yes. sleep? They'd go up our little corridor here. And this used to be our little veranda where we had um, tables and chairs or whatever. And then you walked along here. You walk in here, which is the uh, men's toilet now. Uh, it's Carl and Wayne's room. Okay, so your two youngest boys there. Then you walk out this way and you come across here. Uh, this was our bathroom and our toilets. No, our bathroom. Our toilets were all outside those days. Any signs of work you might have done here? All the bathrooms still the same, except the colours have been changed. What colours did you have? I had all Aboriginal colours right through. Are you serious? No, deadly. Deadly. You really had Aboriginal colours? Yeah. Yellow, red and black uh, carpet right through the pub. Deliberately? Yeah, because it was an Aboriginal pub. Cafe will always be the Aboriginal pub. I don't think many people really know that story, that you and your hubby had the first pub licence as Aboriginal people in the country. My husband was a publican. He pulled a beer and made history. Teddy Wotherspoon, he was a boxer. He fought under the name of Teddy McCoy. And they always said the crowd's still cheering for Teddy McCoy tonight. It was him that made the made history, not me. I was a simple little Aboriginal girl from Moree that stood alongside of him. You worked pretty hard, Dorothy. Oh yeah, we worked side by side, but he was a publican. He's the fellow that made history. You eventually did get a publican licence, didn't you? Well, when my husband went to see God, visit God, uh, the licence was transferred over to me. And did you continue running the pub? Yes, I did for a while, and I had to do a lot of alterations. Did you like running the pub? first Aboriginal woman to run a pub. It was very hard. I felt that everyone's looking at me because I was a black woman and the first black woman in liquor. So in the end I had to grow up and grow up very fast. I made sure I wasn't going to let anyone stand over me. I believe that I, I did a good job as a black woman running a pub until I decided to sell the lease again. I said all I did was sell leases, sell leases, yes. OK, and you did reasonably well out of it, so go you. Yes, because I knew down the track that um, I had three sons. One day they'd have, they'd have to have capital behind them to do whatever they wanted to do with life, but we let them grow up here and become little boys, not little boys, to um, make their choices in life. 
One became a panel beater, another one a uh, baker, and Eddie went to Newcastle Uni and did um, for teaching. Do they still call Catho home? Catho will always be home. Always be home to my children. It's a bit sentimental, isn't it, coming back and standing right here it's in this very, place? It's very, very sentimental. I always cry when I come here. Capo is always Capo. It's a beautiful city. It's like, it's God's country, really. It's just unreal. You've got the beautiful beaches down the front. You've got bushland all over the back. And everything's just perfect. What was it like when you first saw Catho? Be truthful, I didn't even know that Catherineville Bay existed till I got here. And when we pulled up out the front, I said to my husband, I'm not going in here. And he's, we went around, we started to go back up the hill, and then he said, we've got to go back and look at this place. And we came in, and there was two people standing in this bar playing darts, and that was June and Freddie Griffiths. And June and Freddie Griffiths became one of the top friends in our life. You said that your husband, Teddy, you know, kind of dragged you in here to look at this pub, but this, as I recall, Dorothy, was really your idea. You wanted to run a pub. Why did you even want to run a pub? Because I grew up on a mission in Moree. And in those days, um, my father took us away to a little place called Currabubla, and he worked on the railway there. And everybody else would go, all his mates would go down the hotel for a beer, but he wasn't allowed to have one. So Daddy used to come home and he'd have a cold water bag out the front and he'd have a drink of cold water. And I was a little girl, I didn't understand it all. And I used to think, something wrong here. But anyway, I realised that they wouldn't let blackfellas, Aboriginals in hotels anyway. Not only this in Currabubla. So I decided one day down the track when I grow up I'm going to do something about it. I said, Teddy, we're going to do it. And Teddy used to say, no, 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 not a pub. They won't have Aboriginals in a pub. But it was all right for Ted because his father was white and he didn't understand what it was all about. Were there many pubs available in Newcastle at this time for you and your hubby? Uh, There was a lot of pubs around, a lot of uh, hotel brokers around, but no one was interested in us because we were black. We were Aboriginals. Are you sure that's what it was? I'm positive. And there's one man, he took Teddy under his wing. His name was Jim Darcy. And he looked and looked and he took Teddy around and he said, Ted, I think this is your pub. And you'd been knocked back from a few others prior to that? Because we were Aboriginal. They didn't think that trying to sell us a pub wouldn't make it. This was early 70s? 71. And you got the licence to this one in 1971? Yeah, when Teddy went to court, entered the licensing police and got the licence, that's when all hell broke loose. How so? Because he was in there and he had to pull that beer, and the minute he pulled that beer, cameras were flying, cash were everywhere. And next day we were on the front of the Newcastle Herald, we'd made history. Did you expect that to happen? No, because we were simple little young kids, Aboriginal kids, simple. Didn't know what to pull the star down and run with it. Did your dad ever come here and visit you in the pub? Oh yes, did he not? When he came through that door, he was smiling from ear to ear. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, he was always down here. The, the whole thing about your Aboriginal identity, that, that seems such an important part of who you are, who you were as a young woman. Why? Well, I was brought up as an Aboriginal person on the mission. You know, we had a terrible time on that mission. Or he was a raceless place in New South, especially in, up the town. You couldn't go here, you couldn't go there. 
weren't allowed in shops, you weren't allowed in uh, movies, you'd go down the front, you'd only allowed down the front stalls. No, we weren't never allowed in Maury's swimming pool. Of course, Charlie Perkins and the Freedom Rides sort of told the world about that story, but it's quite shocking in a way to, to know that that's your life story. Yeah, well, I still go to Maury today because all my family live on every corner up there. And I tell you what, I still don't go to the Maury Baths swimming pool because I still remember when we weren't allowed in up there. Dorothy Wotherspoon with me on 12.33 for Meet the Mob. Have things changed over your lifetime, do you think, for Aboriginal people, Dorothy? It can be for Aboriginal people if like they, they like to get up and have a go. They must get up and have a go. Don't let anyone pull them down. You live for today. You do what you have to do today because you can't wait for tomorrow. Tomorrow's out of sight. You don't know what tomorrow holds for you. I'm happy what I'm doing because after my husband died, as he died with cancer, I went back to the martyr and I did palliative care. Why did you do that? Because I wanted to teach know all about cancer and to teach it to the Aboriginal people about cancer. Professionals give them the advice of what's wrong and it's their choice of what they have to do. Do they take the treatment or just, you know, make a choice? It's up to them. You thought that there was a real need for you as an Aboriginal person to, to go into that area? Well, I thought there was. Yes, I was trained to do it. Did you get satisfaction from that work, Dorothy? Yeah, yeah. I love the sick and the dying. Now, at the moment, I work with um, Catholic care in the nursing homes. You seem like somebody that needs to have something to do all the time. Is that right? Well, why, why sit home when you can go out there and help somebody, especially the sick and the dying? It sounds too like your faith is a big part of your life. Is that right, Dorothy? Oh, yes. If I didn't have Jesus in my life, I wouldn't be able to do it. Has that always been the case? Yes, my mother brought us up in the Catholic faith. And we used to have to walk about a mile to the church to go to church every Sunday. You've raised your family. You've got grandkids now, uh, Dorothy. I imagine they all have a bit of a soft spot in their hearts for Catho, do they? <laughs> Catho? Catho will always be their home. <laughs> They come out of here and they, they just think they still own cafe, but they don't. <laughs> They've got to realise it. No, time to move on. How's it felt for you to come out here today? Well, it's a long story because as I was getting closer, I was thinking, oh, here we go again. And it's a lot of memories and teardrops start to fall, but you have to let go. And, you know, you've got to live for today, as I just said. Tomorrow's out of sight. You never know what, what it holds for you tomorrow. And my mother always told me, you do what you have to do today. Don't wait for tomorrow. It never comes. You've been listening to a 1233 ABC Newcastle podcast. For more, visit our website at abc.net.au newcastle.